0: Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916 633 1537 is the voicemail line. Uh, Ratchet at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, Ratchet Book Club is a Twitter feed. Go ahead and leave us a DM. We'll read it on the show. Uh, leave a review at Podchaser or on Apple or on Stitcher, you know, wherever you want. Just let us know where you leave it at. Although we do tend to get alerts. By we, I mean me and my wife. She's usually sitting in the back laughing while y'all are uh wondering who I'm talking to. Um so my conscience is completely clear. Uh we are done with the uh loving my wife and her sister too series. Um, and I want to move forward into new territory, but we do have one more thing to take care of. Um Before we get into that one last thing to take care of, and I'm going to try and take care of that one quick, uh, I have a um, DM from Roy from the Let Me Tell You Something Bitch podcast, uh, and she says, this shit is so ratchet. Not you and your sister pregnant by the same nigga at the same time. These poor kids, they finna have a sister cousin. Ew. I'm trying to figure out, are they more related because because they mothers are half sisters or because they have the same father? It's a good question. You know who you should ask? Jermaine Jackson. I don't know if y'all know the story of Jermaine Jackson and how ratchet that nigga is, but let me help you out. Jermaine Jackson, his brother Randy. Jermaine Jackson... Uh, began a relationship with Alejandra oh yeah 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 yeah, that's her last name, when she was dating his younger brother Randy, with whom she already had a daughter and a son. He married Ayayayaya on March 18th, 1995, and the marriage lasted until May 19th, 2003. They have two sons. So, he dirty-macked on his brother, stole her girl, got married to her, got her pregnant with two kids. The two kids that are his sons are Randy's nephews, and Randy's kids are his niece and nephew. But their brothers are their siblings and their cousins, and this is real life. And this is the Jacksons. So, Yeah. I, I wish they write a book, like just a, this nigga do this type book, because that shit was many. But, speaking of clearing out things, you know, cleaning out the closet, trying to get done before we get to the next uh, new series, I'm going to go ahead and finish out All Thought Next Door, part two, the finale, um, and we are going to let this ride out. Um, I don't know how lo- how long this book is. Um, but yeah, we're going to make it work. So with no further ado, Old Thought Next Door, part two, the finale by Quan Mills. Chapter one, Vernita, by the way, I don't, I don't do sound effect or voices anymore. Like why my voice is more than enough. Vernita. Bitch, I am not lying. I fucked Clarence. Believe it, baby. Yeah, he may have had a shrimp dick, but bitch, he knew how to work that little dick of his and his tongue. He used to eat my ass every night and would still go home and kiss your raggedy ass. All them years you were kissing him, bitch, you was tasting my ass and my pussy. Yeah, bitch. Now stop it. Stop it right now, Alice. I done had enough of you. You stop this right now. You are losing your mind. Nah, bitch, I ain't lying. You want proof? Bitch, I know Clarence only had one testicle. He only had one ball. His right ball. And I used to lick on that every night, too. After he got done eating my ass, of course. My heart completely stopped. Right there and then, I knew she was absolutely telling the truth. Clarence, indeed, only had one testicle. And it was for that reason we could never conceive. We tried for years to have a child, but it never happened. Two years into our marriage, Clarence was diagnosed with testicular cancer. At the time, the doctor told him he had no other choice but to remove his left testicle. After the surgery, we were told that our chances of conceiving were still pretty high, but it never happened. We tried everything for a decade until I became too old to have children. Hearing this almost induced a heart attack and I could feel my chest tighten. (laughs) Ha ha ha, yes bitch! Gonna come in my motherfucking house to try and spill secrets. Well, take that, she shouted at me while I fell into what seemed like an asthma attack. You ain't right, I cried. Yo ass ain't right. Why would you do that to me? All these years, and this how you do me? Hurricane-like tears fell out of my eyes, and all I wanted to do was just fall out and die. Lord, this was too much to handle. Why were you doing this to me, God? Oh, and another motherfucking thing. Yo ass may not have had a kid, but guess what, bitch? Clarence sure did have one by me, and her name is Charday. I gasped. You're lying. Stop it. Nope, not lying. Bitch, I still got the DNA test. Stop it. Just stop it. Panicking, the walls began to close in. The dizziness overcame me. Bitch, fuck you. Just get the hell up out of my house. Clarence wouldn't dare. Baby, Clarence was lying to you. The reason why he couldn't have babies with your ugly, raggedy ass is because after he got pregnant with me, he got a vasectomy. Now get the hell up out of my house, she bellowed as she pointed down the staircase towards the door. Those words instantly triggered me. Everything around me turned red. You fat bitch, I'm going to kill you. I didn't know what came over me. Without hesitation, I lunged at Alex and pushed her down the staircase. She screamed as her body tumbled down a long staircase. Everything happened instantaneously and before I had a chance to process everything, she was now down on the floor. She didn't move at all. Still standing at the top of the staircase, reality stepped back into my mind and I saw Alice sprawled out near the foyer. Alice! Alice! I cried out as I quickly made my way down the stairs. However, as soon as I got close enough to her, I saw she had a puddle of blood leaking from her head. Oh no! Alice, wake up! Oh, Lord, 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 wake up, baby! I kept screaming to the top of my lungs as I panicked, seeing her on the floor, her body completely motionless. Baby, my body was filled with so much heightened terror, I didn't know what came over me. However, the moment her ass hit me with that bombshell revelation, something to me just compelled me to attack her. I didn't really mean to push her down the stairs, it all just happened so quickly. The power of God compelled her. The power of God. Never mind. Continuing to look at her laid out on the floor, my entire body shivered. And if I didn't get it together, I was going to be laid out on this floor too. I had it in me to call 911, but something stopped me. Something told me, just don't do it. Just leave. Get the hell out. I ran over to the living room couch, grabbed my purse and keys, and then flew back into the foyer. She still wasn't moving. Alice, wake up! I yelled one more time, but the voice in my head told me to leave again. I closed my eyes, took a deep breath and then stormed out of the house. I hopped in Paulette, then took off. On the highway, tears swam down my face and my hands were shaking so bad that I couldn't even hold tight to the steering wheel. If I didn't get my shit together, I was going to lose control over this car and crash. I just couldn't believe this, though. I killed my best friend. I pushed her to her death. Oh, Lord. Traffic was somewhat heavy, but suddenly I swerved over to the side of Lake Shore Drive and began sobbing uncontrollably. Lord, why? Why, Lord? Lord, why? Why? I killed my friend, Lord. I killed her. You shouldn't be yelling at on the side of the road, Vernita. For those y'all who are just getting here, I don't know why you didn't listen to Old Thought Next Door Part 1. You see this Old Thought Next Door Part 2, but... Vernita was a 70-something-year-old woman who enjoyed sex a lot. And then she found out that it was medication that was making her enjoy sex a lot. She was also very, very, very conceited. Uh, She always put down her friend Alice. Uh, And then she found out that her friend Alice had a heart attack. She went to visit her friend Alice in the hospital. And when she got to the hospital, she saw her friend's friend, Who she had slept with on a cruise many years before. And so she felt bad that she had slept with her friend's friend many years before. And so she didn't want to tell her. And so she left the hospital. But then Alice woke up. And then she felt badly about not telling her. So after she... Found out that uh, the medication she was taking caused her to be a thought. She stopped taking the medication and turned her life to God, and felt like she needed to be honest with Alice about what's going on. And so she told Alice about the dalliance she had with this dude that Alice didn't even know on a cruise way back when that Alice already knew about. And Alice decided that that was the perfect time to tell Vernita that she had been sleeping with Vernita's ex or Vernita's dead husband Clarence, and Clarence got her pregnant. And now you know where we're at. Pounding the steering wheel, I just had it in me to swerve this car back in traffic and let somebody hit me. I had to die. This was just too much for me to handle. I was ready to go. Stop it, stop it. Just shut up. Stop it right now, I snapped, instantly checking myself back into reality. Get it together. Fuck that hoe. She fucked your man and had a baby by him. Fuck him and fuck her. Don't fuck my motherfucking husband having a baby by him. Bitch, you got me fucked up. Fuck that. Die, bitch. I kept punching the steering wheel until my knuckles became red and tender. If I didn't stop, I was going to give myself arthritis and I didn't even have no damn aspirin or reefer back at the house to alleviate the pain swelling in my hands. Fuck it. She did me wrong. I did what I had to do, goddammit. As cars flew by me on the highway, this weird calm suddenly came over me. Fuck it. It is what it is. She should have never fucked with me. The pulsing anxiety running through my veins and nerves dissipated and I made my way back onto the highway. A good ten minutes later, I made it back home. As soon as I parked, I dashed into my house, went straight to my bedroom, and collapsed into the bed. I had to get everything that happened out of my mind. Trying my best to squeeze my eyes shut, I just focused on the darkness I now saw. But the more I tried to blank everything out of mind, the more I kept seeing flashes of what happened. I really pushed her down those stairs and possibly watched her bleed to death. Everything from what she had told me about her and Clarence to me pushing her down the stairs kept firing off in my head. Some minutes later, after realizing I wasn't going to be able to sleep off all this craziness, I shot out of bed and began to maniacally pace my floor. I was never a nail-biter, but now I had both my hands in my mouth. Shaking uncontrollably, I had it in me to just call 911 and head back over to Alice's place. But if I did that, I just knew I was going to end up in jail for murder. Ain't no way in the hell I was going to jail, though. I'd be damned. As those dreadful moments kept replaying in my mind, I tried to reconcile within myself that I didn't mean to do that. It was just impulse. She made me do it. She didn't have to say any of that shit. Why would she tell me something so crazy like that and not expect me to react in such a way? I mean, anybody would have had the same reaction, right? Could you imagine if your best friend told you out the blue one day she slept with your husband? And even worse, she then told you she got pregnant by him, knowing good and goddamn well you couldn't get pregnant. That fat bitch had me all the way fucked up, and the more I ruminated on how everything went down, the more I realized I was justified in doing what I did. She made me do it. I told her to calm her ass down, but she kept on egging me on. Although tears of guilt began to escape from the corners of my eyes, I wiped them away with the absolute quickness. Fuck Alice, fuck Clarence, and fuck Chardet. Yeah, fuck them all, goddammit! I don't even give a good goddamn. Fuck them all, rotten hell, bitch. I roared so loudly that my voice probably pierced the walls right into my neighbor's house. But I didn't give a fuck anymore. I did what I had to do. Still shivering, I realized I needed to take me a hot-ass bath to cool these nerves, child. So I rushed over to my bathroom to get a bath going. However, before I got my bath started, I stood still for a moment. My finger tapping my chin, a sudden thought came over me. Hmm... Now that I thought about it, I probably needed to get some reefer and some liquor to knock me the hell out. I hadn't gotten drunk or high in a minute, but Lord knows I needed something right now to get this crazy shit out of my mind. I ran the hot water in my tub and threw in some Epsom salt and lavender. Then I marched back into my room to call a young boy who used to sell me reefer. I grabbed my phone out of my pocketbook and hoped that I still had Hakeem's number locked into my phone. And lo and behold, after scrolling through my contacts, I landed on his name. Thank God. But just as I was about to dial his number, my phone began vibrating. I saw Sade's name flash across the screen. My eyes exploded with fear as I knew what she was calling me about. Had to be about her no-good-ass trifling mama who I just pushed to death. I hesitated in answering the phone because I didn't know if I was quite prepared to hear what she was going to tell me. But I already knew what she was going to say. I found mama dead. I just knew she was going to be crying and carrying on, and then I would have to pretend like I had no idea what happened. Gripping the phone hard, I suddenly became filled with rage, and all I could hear sounding off in the back of my head was Alice telling me how she fucked Clarence and got pregnant by him. Worse of all, this bitch calling me right now was his motherfucking child. I just had it in me to just explode and throw my phone against the wall, not caring that it would break into a million pieces. The phone kept vibrating. Fuck it, I grumbled to myself and then answered the phone. I quickly threw on a fake smile and then said, Hey girl, what's going on? Hey Miss Vernita, she sobbed in a low and slow tone. Yeah, she must have found her mammy laid out on that floor. My heart began to beat fast and I clasped my chest to anticipate what she was about to tell me. Her sniffles echoed into my ear and at any second I just knew what her ugly ass was going to tell me. What's wrong? Why do you sound like that? Mama, it's about mama. She continued to sob. She, she, <laughs> if y'all niggas would turn to the book of Smokey, chapter 4, verse 20, it reads as such I don't give a fuck. Like, nigga, come on now. Oh, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> May God bless the readers and the doer of his word. Amen. I don't give a fuck. Like, nigga, yo wife, yo, yo, yo wife, yo mama could be laid out and dead. Yo mama's soul could already be gone. Yo mama could be floating over your head right now. Like, look at me. I'm I'm Sandra D, lounging in virginity. I don't give a fuck. She, she betrayed me. She cheated on me. Or she, she, her, my husband cheated on me with her. And I always thought she was fat. Yeah, nah. Fuck that shit. Whatever. Whatever. Chapter 2 Vernita Calm down, Charday. What is wrong? Mama's cutting me out of her will. Suddenly, my face twitched with confusion. I went silent and my mind was drawing many blanks. What are you talking about? I just came back from Mama's house and she and I had a huge fight. She said she's cut me off and that I won't be in her will no more because she said I don't know how to act right. Ever since she got with Lamar, she been acting funny. Yeah, that was the nigga's name, Lamar. That's the one she fucked on the on the on the cruise like years before. I didn't know what to think at the moment, but I had to play along as if I was truly concerned about what Charday was telling me. What? Well, what happened? What did y'all get into a fight about? I had to ask, but so many questions began to fill my mind because how in the hell did she just get off the phone with her mama when I was just over there and pushed the woman to her death? Chardonnay cleared her throat and began to explain what happened, but then I interjected. Wait a minute. You just came from over your mama's place? Yeah, she was so nasty to me. I ain't did nothing to piss her off. Shaking my head, I paced the floor wondering what in the world was really going on. But then I thought to myself that perhaps this entire time I had been hallucinating. Because she started hallucinating in the last book, too, from the medication she was taking. Did I even leave my damn house? What time is it? It's noon. Why? Chardé replied, then quickly asked. Is everything okay, Renita? You sound kind of under the weather. I'm sorry I called you, but I just need to vent and I wanted to see if you could talk to Mama for me. I don't know what's come over her. It's like I feel like Lamar's putting a lot of ideas in her head. Um, I'm fine, I think, I replied. I just think this medicine I've been taking lately has been messing with me. Oh, child, I must have dozed off or just woke up and didn't even realize it. Nervousness came over me as I began to twitch all over. Lord, 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 why were all these medications messing with me? I just had to pinch myself just to make sure I wasn't caught up in another crazy hallucination. I glanced over my alarm clock sitting on my nightstand just to confirm it was truly noon, as Chardé said. If that was the case, I was still scheduled to go meet up with Alice. And lo and behold, it was noon. So, all the shit that happened at the end of that last book and all the shit that happened at the beginning of this book was a hallucination. Okay. All right. Thanks, Quan. Appreciate you. That's, that's how you get out of that. Like, in the first two chapters, you just dead any drama that could have been. The only drama that happened in that book, you dead it in, like, the first two chapters. Seriously? Okay. I slapped my forehead mumbling, Lord Jesus, I need to go to my doctor. Look, I'm supposed to be going over there soon anyway. I'll talk to her to get a rundown of why she's acting this way, I told her. Okay. Thank you so much, Miss Vernita. I really appreciate it. You already know how I feel about my mama, and I would never do anything to disrespect her, she said. All right now, child, just relax, and I'm going to see if I can really figure out what's going on. I hope this man ain't influencing your mama to make crazy decisions, I told her. Thank you so much, Miss Vernita. If you need anything, just let me know, she said. I will, child. Once we hung up, I threw my phone on the bed and then stormed back into the bathroom. I'd be damned if I'm going to let these pills make me go crazy all over again. So without hesitation, I quickly opened up my medicine cabinet, took down every pill bottle I had, and emptied everything into the sink. I ran the faucet and made sure the gushing sink water washed down every single pill. I had enough. I truly did. I'd be damned if I'm going to end up in some mental hospital. Feeling a bit apprehensive, I rushed back into my bedroom and then dialed up Dr. Jackson. Once I got her on the phone, I was going to tell her everything that happened. Hey, Vernita, Dr. Jackson answered. How's it going? I wasn't expecting to hear from you until our session. Is everything okay? Dr. Jackson, everything is not okay. I just had one of them crazy hallucinations. What happened? I made my way over to my bed and sat down on the edge as I began to shiver once again. I'm feeling very funny and I've been having these weird cold chills. But I hallucinated that I went over to my friend's place and she told me some nasty stuff. And then I push her to her death. I mean, even if it's a hallucination, this is me. Even if it's a hallucination, you don't really want to call somebody and tell them that before you confirm that it's a hallucination, right? I'm not wrong in that, right? Okay, just checking. Oh, no. Are you at home right now, Vernita? Yes, I am. And have you left your house? No, I haven't. Are you sure? I'm quite sure. Sure. I just got off the phone with my friend's daughter, and she told me that she had just spoken to her. So I know I had to be hallucinating, I explained to her as I sat on the bed, rocking back and forth. I was an absolute mess. Okay, uh, well, stop taking the medication, and in the meantime, I'm going to seek out some alternatives to help manage your anxiety and leg twitches. I-, I don't want no more of this stuff. No more, Dr. Jackson. I can't be walking around here like a crazy woman. I don't ever want to have any type of thoughts like that, ever. Vernita, just try to relax. I think we also need to consider whether or not it was the medicine causing you to have these hallucinations or the tumor. Also, now that you're up in age, we might want to consider booking you for an appointment with a neurologist to screen you for Alzheimer's or even Parkinson's disease. The type of psychotic hallucination you had sometimes is a symptom of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. I don't like the sound of any of what she was telling me. Parkinson's? Alzheimer's? It just seemed like any time I had any issue and I spoke with these doctors, they were so quick to want to diagnose me with some shit. I had done had enough of it. I ain't got time to be fooling around with you doctors. Every time something go wrong with me, y'all want to say I got this and that. I'm sick of this shit. Oh no, Vernita, please just calm down. Dr. Jackson tried to assuage my concerns, but like I have said, I wasn't here for any of this bullshit today. I threw away that medicine, and I bet you in a few days I'm going to be fine. Watch and see. I understand, Vernita. I completely understand. Sometimes some of these medicines can really have crazy side effects. But please do understand that not all medicine is like this. It's necessary for a lot of people, Dr. Jackson tried to explain. But once again, I just wasn't feeling anything she was going to say. Look, baby girl. You might be a doctor, but Jesus is my real doctor, and he writes out all my prescriptions. I'm going to stop taking this bullshit and just let my body and mind heal from this foolishness. Okay, well, I'm going to still see you in a few days for our appointment, Dr. Jackson asked. But I responded with, I'm going to have to think about that, and then abruptly hung up. These damn doctors had me all the way fucked up but they thought I was going to let these medicines continue to poison my mind. HOTEP! I needed a really stiff drink right now, so I stormed out of my bedroom and into the kitchen to see if I had at least a bottle of something hiding away. Searching cabinet after cabinet, I couldn't find anything. Damn it, I grunted, but just settled on drinking some iced tea I had in the fridge. Once I managed to soothe my nerves, I went back into my bedroom's bathroom. Here we go again the fucking bedroom's bathroom. God damn it. And took a long hot shower before I headed over to Alice's place. Child, I am just so relieved to know that this is all hallucination. Before I hopped in the shower, though, I just had to confirm once again I wasn't trapped in one of my crazy, manic moments. I sent Alice a text message just to confirm that she was still fine with us meeting up this afternoon. Within seconds, she replied back, and joy instantly filled my heart. Thank God, I gasped, wiping my brow clear, of anxious sweat beads. After I got out of the shower, I threw on a light outfit, put on some makeup, and made my way outside. It was such an extremely pleasant day and I was so relieved that none of the crazy hallucination was actually real. Child, I didn't even know if I had it in me to just snap like that. I hopped in my car, hit the highway, and some minutes later I got off thirty fifth street. As I made my way down the street, from afar I could see the Alice's block had been cut off by a plethora of cop cars, a fire truck, and an ambulance. Damn it, somebody must have gotten shot or killed. I really wish Alice would get up out this neighborhood. Although Bronzeville was on the up and up, these young men around here were still up to no good. Hopefully, she and Lamar would get married quickly and then they could get the hell up out of Chicago. But speaking of Mr. Lamar though, I still had it in me to tell Alice the full truth about the brief sexual relationship I had had with this man. However, something told me to just keep everything to myself. Good call. That hallucination was all too real, and the last thing I wanted was for her to drop something crazy on me to then make me snap. It was just so funny, though, how the mind could play games on you. Baby, let me tell you something, though. Clarence and I may not have had the best sex, but I knew one thing for sure. Clarence would never have slept around on me. My Nicky was too good, and he knew it, too. And when he was alive, he often made side jokes about Alice's appearance and weight. Ace, I used to have to chastise him for talking about my friend, but he couldn't help but always make slick comments about her. As I got closer to Alice's house, a policeman was standing guard directing traffic to go around. A small line of cars formed at the intersection. As I peered closely, I noticed the cop cars and ambulance were all surrounded Alice's house. My eyes bugged out of their sockets and suddenly dread filled my core. Once I got near the policeman, I rolled down my window and asked, Excuse me, officer. What's going on? I'm supposed to be visiting my friend. She lives right there on uh, about two houses down. The officer, who was a nice-looking young black man with a small afro, looked at me with such a serious face that I knew something was wrong. Ma'am, unfortunately we have this entire area roped off because of an active investigation. Which address are you trying to get to? I told the young officer Alice's address and just as the address rolled off my tongue, his eyes turned to slits and he pursed his lips. I'm sorry, ma'am, but the person you're trying to visit suffered a serious medical emergency. I clutched my mouth. Alice? Yes, ma'am. No, it can't be. I just... Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry to tell you this, but she's currently en route to the hospital right now. Oh, my God. Please, Lord, no, I cried as my hands trembled as I held onto the steering wheel. Which hospital is she going to? I believe Mercy right up the street, ma'am. Lord, what happened? Did someone break into her house or something? I don't know the exact details, ma'am, but if you don't mind, you're currently blocking traffic. Just pull over to the side. Oh, Lord! I scrambled to then pull my car over to the side street. I parked, got out of the car, and then dashed down the block towards Alice's house. A small crowd of neighbors formed outside, and as I got closer to her house, the entire area had been roped off with yellow tape. Tears falling out of my eyes. I couldn't believe what was going on. I searched the crowd of onlookers, hoping I'd recognize someone who knew exactly what happened. Then I spotted Marla, one of Alice's close neighbors who I also knew in passing. Marla! Marla! I called out to her as I dashed over to her. She appeared to be so visibly distraught that I already knew something bad had to have happened. Marla, what happened to Alice? Where is she? I asked her as I lunged to her side. Sniffling and wiping her eyes free of tears, she replied, She apparently had another heart attack and fell down her stairs and hit her head pretty badly. What? I yelled out, shaking my head. Who found her? One of her grandsons, Marla replied, sobbing as she wiped her nose with a piece of tissue. Is she okay? I asked, my eyes beginning to water. I don't know, but the EMTs had to do CPR on her when they came. I hope she made it. This is just too much. I just knew she'd back from her heart attack. Oh, Lord. Poor Alice, Marla cried, shaking her head. Clutching my chest, I damn near was about to faint. Everything around me began to spin, and I had to quickly gather myself. This is all too surreal. All right, you got me, Quan. You got me with that uh hallucination within hallucination within hallucination. I feel like I'm on the book version of Inception. Like, okay, cool. So, she... Thought that she was in the clear, so she went to see her friend, and then it turned out that she ain't really in the clear, and now she's standing in front of the scene of the crime. Chapter 3, Vernita. Seemed like the entire world was falling apart before my very own eyes. I stood next to Marla in complete shock. I did this. I just know I did this. I kept thinking to myself that I was responsible for all of this. Shivering and in total fear, I didn't know what to say or what to do. Okay, well, I'm going to head to the hospital, I told Marla as I took off running back to my car. Once I got inside, I whipped out my phone and went through my recent calls. I didn't see a phone call at all from Charday. Then I went through my text messages. My eyes exploded with angst when I saw that I hadn't even sent the text message to Alice. Lord, 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 I'm going crazy, I cried. My scream echoing out into the street. My hands still trembling, I quickly started up Paulette and headed down the street to Mercy Hospital. Baby, I didn't give a fuck about running through no red lights or stop signs. Mercy Hospital wasn't that far away from Alice's house, so about a good five minutes later, I swiftly pulled into the parking lot. Once I parked, I ran through the lot like a mad woman, catching the attention of a few folks passing me by. I rushed through the double sliding doors of the emergency room and then jetted straight towards the receptionist girl who was sitting at the check-in desk. I'm here to see my friend Alice. She was just brought here not too long ago, I panted, trying my best to gather myself. Calm down, ma'am. Just relax. What's her name again? Alice. Alice Brown. The receptionist, some portly, dark-skinned girl with a short afro, quickly typed away on her computer as she searched for Alice's name in her system. Okay, well, she was just admitted, ma'am, and right now, no visitors are allowed. Just please wait in the lobby area, and then if the family grants permission, then you can visit her, the receptionist said. Bitch, that's my friend. You gonna let me see her. I suddenly exploded as I got up close to the girl's face. Ma'am, please calm down. Get out of my face. What the hell's wrong with you? Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a security guard running towards me. Hey, 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 what's going on over here, he said. Calm down, ma'am. I'm here to see my friend, and this fat ass hoe won't let me. I just knew my face filled with red and rage. Ma'am, please calm down. We're going to have to ask you to leave. The security guard barked back at me as he tried to pull me away from the desk. Let me go, I snapped as I slapped his hands off my shoulders. Fine, I'm going to sit and wait, but you're going to let me see my friend. I didn't know what came over me, but I was quickly losing all my marbles. Everyone inside the emergency room's waiting area had their eyes on me. Then the sudden sense of embarrassment and regret came over me. Quickly finding a seat all the way in a quiet corner, I sat down and held my head in palms as I began crying. I just kept thinking to myself how I was responsible for all this. I had to be. But the problem was I just couldn't quite remember how any of this transpired. Nothing was adding up at all. Baby, I couldn't even put together the right sequence of events of how this entire day transpired. Everything was all muddled and jumbled together. Honestly, at this point, I was more terrified of me losing my mind than Alice's condition. Some 15 minutes later, I saw Chardé along with a few of Alice's grandbabies, frenzily rush through the doors of the emergency room. "'Where's my granny at?' Charles, one of her grandsons, screamed at the top of his lungs. I suddenly flew out of my seat and ran over to him. "Chardé," I called out to her. Chardet suddenly rushed into my arms and began crying her heart out. "'Where's Mama?' I don't know. That heifer wouldn't let me in the back. I angrily spat, looking straight at that rotten-ass girl sitting behind the check-in desk. I've been waiting for what seemed like an hour. Miss Brown's family? I suddenly heard a soft voice pour into my ears. I spun around and some white-blonde nurse looked at us with a stiff look on her face. Yes, Chardet managed to squeeze out as she wiped her face free of tears. Please follow me, she said, holding onto a clipboard. Where's my mama? Is she okay? Sade cried out, her entire body shuddering. Just please follow me. The doctor would like to speak to you all, she said, as she then led us out of the waiting area into the actual emergency room. I gulped out of fear that we were about to get delivered some horrible news. We followed the nurse in a solemn fashion. She then escorted us into what was another waiting room, but this one was much smaller and private. This was just bad. So bad I didn't know if I was going to be able to handle all this. My stomach quivered and this horrible, dreadful nausea came over me. Immense guilt baptized my mind and I just knew at any moment the doctor was going to walk in and tell us that Alice had passed. Why won't they just tell us what happened, sobbed Belinda, another one of Alice's grandbabies. As I sat there taking in the somber moment, the door to the private waiting room opened. I glanced up thinking it was going to be the doctor, but it wasn't. It was none other than Lamar himself. My mouth dropped open a bit when I scanned him up and down. Completely frozen, he looked at me. Our eyes locked together. This was not how I wanted to have a reunion with this man. Oh gosh, I could only imagine what he would think if he knew I was the one responsible for what had happened to Alice. Hey everyone, sorry I'm late. I just got a call and found out what happened. Did we get any updates from the doctor? Lamar asked as he scanned the room looking for an immediate answer. No. We just got here and were escorted to this room, Chardé said. We're still waiting for the doctor and we have no idea what's going on. What exactly happened? Lamar asked as he walked into the room and stood almost right in front of me. My heart was beating so fast and this intense nausea began to burgeon deep down in my stomach. I had to look that up. It seems a burgeon means grow. Deep down in my stomach, gosh, this man was so sexy. If we weren't in the situation we are in right now, I'd pull his pants down and begin to suck that dick with the quickness, you hear me? I thought she only had the sexual thoughts because of the medication she was taking, but she's not taking it anymore, so, okay. Stop, stop, stop thinking that, that is horrible, I thought to myself, trying to quickly stamp out those crazy thoughts. Lamar stood there, holding his chin, looking very concerned. I cleared my throat, and just as I was about to say something to him, the door to the room opened, and this time some Arab-looking man with a white coat strolled in. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Abdul Aziz. Where's my mother? Sade bawled. Sorry for the delays. He cleared his throat. Unfortunately, I have some bad news. Mrs. Brown didn't make it. She passed away a few moments ago. No! No! Tarde screamed as she suddenly fell onto the waiting room floor. Alice's grandchildren, too, exploded into tears. Nothing but loud, thunderous wailing filled the entire room. I sat back, shaking my head no as I couldn't believe any of what I was hearing. Where's she at? Lamar sobbed. Where in the fuck is my fiance? She's upstairs in the ICU unit. We tried our best to revive her, but she suffered another major heart attack and a major concussion to her head. We believe she went into cardiac arrest while she was walking down the stairs. I kept telling Mama not to go up and down them stairs. I just kept telling her, Sade cried. I couldn't handle the combination of grief and guilt any longer. So without saying a word, I immediately shot up out of my seat and stormed out of the room. Feeling the urge to throw up, I had to find the closest bathroom. I was so nauseated that as I tried to find the closest bathroom, I almost fell out. Tracking through the bright, chilly corridor of the emergency room, my hazy gaze landed on a small woman's bathroom. I stormed in and immediately locked the door. I flew over to the toilet and threw up every single thing I had in me. Baby, I didn't care who just sat there funky ass on this seat. My entire head was submerged in the toilet bowl. Some moments later, once the nausea and vomiting subsided, I managed to get myself up off the floor. Limping over to the sink, I stared in the mirror and began to cry uncontrollably. I killed her. My mind kept dwelling on the horror fact that I was a murderer. I did this. Now I had it in me to just go back into that room and explain just exactly what happened. I couldn't live with this type of guilt knowing that I probably had some weird hallucination because of that damn medicine and ended up killing Alice. Running some cool water in the bathroom sink, I washed my face and hands. Once I got done, I slowly made my way out of the bathroom and anxiously walked back to the room. However, as I got closer, I saw a group of police officers huddled around the room. Lamar was standing by them talking to them. But as I got closer, I must have caught their attention. They all looked at me with such serious faces. Oh, Lord, they must have figured everything out. They caught me. I didn't know how, but they must have found out I had been at Alice's place earlier. I strongly doubt that, but you know, at this point in time, uh, I don't know what's a dream and what's reality and what she's tripping over and what's she ain't tripping over. So, I mean, she could be, they could be looking at her. She could be tripping. She could also woman the fuck up. And have that same energy she had when she was on the side of the road talking about fuck that bitch. Because she did fuck your husband. If she's dead because of the way that you think she died. She did fuck your husband. Either that or you can see the future. You have telekinesis. And if you could do that, then use a creepy old bird. Also, again, the whole... I want to have sex with him right now in the room. That just came over me out of nowhere. Yeah, that came literally out of nowhere because you had turned your life over to Christ. And you have suddenly regressed pretty quickly into wanting to drink and do drugs and have sex without anything else happening. And you owe your doctors an apology. Those are all very important things to say. 916 633 1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Uh, go to Podchaser and leave a review. Go to Apple and leave a review. Let me know where you left the review at. Hit me up with a DM on Twitter. I will read them on the show. There's 18 chapters in this book. I figure we got six episodes. I'll holler at y'all later. Y'all be good. Peace.